cupping room runneth over today because right here in World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th and Gleason, we've got the return of the great guitarist Eddie Martinez, who, before he moved to Portland, was the in-demand studio guitarist in New York, having been in Robert Palmer's band, among many others, and yes, that was his lick on Addicted to Love. I'm Tom D'Antoni, happy to do this, as I always am. Eddie is back. He did one of these things in April of 2016. We talked about a lot of things, including working on a new album. Well, he's ready to release it. It drops on June 15, and it is a blockbuster. We'll hear all about it, but as happens when Eddie and I sit down to do one of these, the conversation has a tendency to deepen. So, let's catch up with Eddie Martinez. Welcome back to the cupping room here. Oh, yeah, thanks, Tom. Great <laughs> to see you. Yeah, right here at World Cup Coffee and Tea, Northwest 18th and Gleason, our home for coffee shop conversations. And uh, it's nice to see. You. It's always nice to see you. Oh, same here. Uh, you know, um, we've had some we've had some interesting conversations over the years doing this stuff. Indeed. Uh, I remember the first one was in, in in your studio there, and you were just sat there holding the guitar the whole time. Yeah, exactly. That, was it red? Was that a red guitar? It was a sunburst guitar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah. And you play some licks every once in a while? Yeah, yeah. That's good. That was good. <laughs> and I think we met here, too. We did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, ago, you, yeah, yeah. You, you did you a know. coffee shop conversation here I think before. I just finished my first leg of the, uh, of the record, of my new record, yeah. I think, and I was yeah. talking about it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the record's coming out soon on the 15th? Yeah, the 15th. It'll be out on CD Baby. Okay. Uh, iTunes, Amazon, Spotify. All right, good. Mm-hmm. Now, about the name of it. Okay. Name of the album is Eddie Martinez, obviously, yes. and uh, uh, the name is Acosia, and it's spelled A-K-O-U-S-A, uh-huh. um, and Acosia means uh, baby girl born on a Sunday, uh-huh. that's my wife's middle name, she's ah. uh, Afghanian, so in the ah. Afghan culture, um, they often... Uh, the, the middle name is attributed to the day of the week the child is born. Aha, uh-huh, gotcha. So it's called a So it, it doesn't refer, refer to the Ghanaian actress. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Who was in the, oh, did some movies with Oprah and stuff. So, oh, no. Okay. Well, no, All right, well, that's good. Yeah. And, uh, and it's always nice to name it after your wife. It, yes, indeed. Yes. And there's a subtitle, too. Uh-huh. Know, and the subtitle is uh, Song Companion for the Great Divide. You know. What's the Great Divide? The Great Divide is what... It, anyone is going through that they feel is a challenge yeah. in their life. It's my, my metaphor du jour, you know, yeah. and uh, it could be, you know, um, uh, you know, challenges that you're going through in your, your life and one's life, uh, mm-hmm. estrangement and, and, and breakups and wondering and puzzling. You, you, you puzzle as to why and, uh-huh. you know, one of these things that kind of... Uh, Hits us all in different ways and right. configurations. Or the, the, the current situation that we're in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, I mean, my yeah. goodness, you know. My goodness is right. <laughs> there is a divide. It's obvious. It's probable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so these songs are meant to what? Well, it's a collection of songs that I feel kind of shows my arc in terms of what, what I've been known for for the past 30-some-odd uh, yeah. years. There's certain things that are kind of real, kind of um, in-your-face, blistering rock and roll. Yeah. With some interesting twists. And there's some things that I consider that are a lot more free. There's a tune in there called Rogue Chimps, which is the opening track, yes. that is yeah. really kind of 
out. You know, it's very free. I love doing that. And, I, and that's kind of like where I'm going. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's a, a track on there called um, uh, Bips on the Way, which starts out with kind of like a bop lick. Oh, yeah. And then it goes into a funk kind of thing. That's what I'm playing on my radio show. As soon as I get the go-ahead from you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and that's what Patrick Lamb guessed it on that. And he, he's, he's playing tenor uh, on there. Uh-huh. And uh, uh-huh. we had a blast doing it. He just wow. came and just tore it up. And, and well, I got to tell you, I listened to this, I've, listened, I've listened to this a couple times now. Mm-hmm. And the first time I heard it, I went, what the fuck? <laughs> Man, what, what's going the, on here? That was the I mean, intention. This, I mean, this is familiar, but it's not. But it's not. It's yeah. unique. Thank you so much. You know, I mean, I can hear. I, I hear rock, and I hear, I hear, and I don't want to. And and this, the word has had a, a bad connotation for a long time, but never with me. Fusion. Oh yeah, it's, it's a fusion of a lot of different things. Of course, you played with Lenny White. Oh yeah, I played with yeah. Lenny White and Stanley yeah. Clark and George right. Duke. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know, and so. My, my I had to defend Fusion as a writer. I had to defend Fusion for years. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Noble cause to defend it. I mean, when I think when Fusion was really at its height in the 70s, you know, early yeah. 70s straight through, yeah. I mean, it was for musicians right. that were coming up and developing. Uh-huh. It, was, it was inspirational. Absolutely. You know, I think, uh, you know, um, it kind of became a caricature of itself in many right. ways, unfortunately. Right. Right. But, man, when you think about those Return to Forever records. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, Mahavishnu. And Mahavishnu and Stanley Clark. And go I mean, back and, to and, Miles. And, and, yes, and go back to Miles. Because everything, everything goes back to exactly. Miles. Exactly. <laughs> and the Weather Report. Oh, my yes. God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Know, I mean, yeah. it's just incredible. Did you see the Miles Electric Band concert at Revolutionary? No, I missed it. Oh, it was cool. It. Yeah, you there? Uh, yes. I was wow. there. Vince Wilburn is a, wow. is a buddy of mine and he's uh-huh. uh, Miles' nephew. So he invited me down to the show. I got to see Daryl Jones, nice. who's an old friend for many, nice. many years, so it was great. Okay, so it's it's fusion like, but it's it's different. There's a it's 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 not you know there's a there's a, a different thing going on. Well, it's it's representative of my my roots in terms of my arc as a guitarist. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I was telling people I was I, was, I did this uh, as I was saying previously before we went on air. Uh, there's a documentary being done on Run DMC mm-hmm. and specifically the song Rockbox. And um, and I was just telling the guys, you know, it's like, I just, I mean, my background is like, it's got, it, it, it's eclectic, and yeah. So I I was you know I was watching the TV when the Beatles hit on Ed Sullivan, uh-huh. you know. So the the sound of electric guitars just grabbed me then, and then uh-huh. I heard Hendrix, you know, yeah. on New Year's Eve. My cousin yeah. came over with yeah. three records, and and you know, it was Are You Experienced. Disraeli Gears, Cream, right. and right. Purple Harem. Right. And I heard, uh, heard Third Stone from the Sun. I says, what the fuck? Right. Holy shit, man. Yeah. It just turned, it, it was like a, um, oh, yeah. it was like a mind warp. It was just exactly. so, exactly. so, it, it was really, my ears were virgin ears. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. Yeah. and it just, uh, it just freed me. And, uh, well, so, I'll tell you the truth. I haven't heard anything like this, your, your album for, I mean, it, it, it's, it's very, it's really unique because of the diversity. You know? Yeah, you know, I'm really happy with the way it came out. It's like, you know, I was watching a documentary on Netflix about um, uh, John Mellencamp. And oh, yeah. he's speaking uh-huh. about it, his career in his own words. Uh-huh. And I'm watching, and he said something to me that was so profound. And it was, he said something in the documentary, not yeah. to me, but it, it, it rang. Yes. <laughs> and what, what he said, he says, you know when you start doing good shit when you surprise yourself. Oh, Yeah. Oh, and yeah. you know you're pushing the envelope. You're doing something that is right. You know, and luckily the way this record came out, because uh, there was there were tunes that were charted out, and when we started 
uh, st- first started tracking with Carmine uh, Rojas on mm-hmm. bass and uh, Tal Bergman because a lot of I'd say a majority of the record is a trio kind of thing. Really? Yes. Wow. And uh, so, but you're four or five of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of guitars in there, and some I kept min- you know minimal as well. But you know, it's yeah. my my palette, you know, just yeah. like you know yeah. my canvas rather. Uh-huh. So. Um, uh, Man, we were just knocking the tunes out. So there were mm-hmm. tunes that I had like partially written. Mm-hmm. So I says, "Okay, okay, cats, take you know, let's let's take a thirty minute break." And I just got down on the paper and I just started, uh-huh. you know, uh, penning some ideas and stuff and kind of flushing out tunes that I had like maybe uh, forty five, fifty five percent done, and wow. I just flushed out the rest. Uh-huh. And uh, and um, the tune Ecosia, the title track, uh-huh. was one of those tunes. And I, I left room in the process of recording that. You need to leave some room for experimentation and taking a leap off the precipice mm-hmm. and see where you fall. You may fall flat on your face. It may be something. And when you play something that you've never heard yourself play before, it is such a rewarding feeling. Yeah. And I, I had several of those moments that I aforementioned. You know, it's like, and listening back, I, I'm so thankful that I, I left room for some experimentation. Well, I can hear you take those leaps, and then you go, and, but you but you fly. Thank you. You don't you don't you don't fall in the ocean. You, yes, you know. Well, yeah, that was the intention, you know, yeah. and uh, that's how come I'm so happy with the way it came out. And, yeah. And some of some of the tunes are kind of like what I'm known for, and then some of the tunes are kind of like where I'm going. So right. it has right, that right, kind of right. uh, some some of it sounds film scoreish. Some of it sounds kind of like bop, old school funk. Yep. And some of it's kind of like space jazz. Metal, absolutely, you know? yeah, and yeah. I like that. And then someone's just straight out, you know, in your face, blistering uh-huh. rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. with some. Try, I try to put some interesting changes in there, um, know, progressions. So, um, oh, on the on the title tune, Ocosia. Yes. Yeah. What What are the words? The words are well. Basically, the word is it's my father-in-law, and he's speaking in Ghanaian. Wow. Kwaku Mensa. Uh huh. And. Um, it's 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 the birth libation. It's basically he's speaking to the ancestors that uh, huh. this is a baby girl born, and uh, he's telling this, he's he's relaying the message to the ancestors, and it's something that's done in the culture, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after the birth of a, of a child, and so that's basically he's just he's just really kind of uh, presenting uh, akosia to the ancestors. Wow! And uh, so that's the spoken word that you hear there. That's pretty heavy. It is. It, it is. really is. Yeah, and I had yeah. Jose Rossi put some uh, percussion uh-huh. uh, from uh, Weather Report. I hope he previously played with Weather Report, uh-huh. and uh, just a brilliant percussionist. And I said, Jose, go to Africa. I just I want this yeah. to be thick, and I really want it to be no bones about it. Yeah. Where, where this is, yeah. Yeah. and boy, he delivered big time. Wow. You know, and it, uh-huh. and it opens up with this kind of collage of African drumming. And then the track comes in, and then, you know, it has this great tension and release and melodies. Yeah. yeah. You know, I really wanted to really be very melodic uh-huh. uh, um, in terms of uh, the melodies. And, and the melodies that I came up with were right in on the spot in the studio. You know, I, the melodies weren't uh, pre written, yeah. yeah. it, it just happened when I, you know, just, you know, you, you just, just experiment. You know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I, I, I could foresee happening, and at least I hope it does anyway, it's the same kind of thing that happened when uh, 
people in, in, I don't know, around 1969 or 70 who were um, total, just totally into rock and didn't know anything about jazz or anything like that heard the fusion players. And all of a sudden, a light went on in their head, and then they, they, they got exposed to it, and it changed their life. And I, you know, the, this is the kind of stuff where, you know, the, the, rock, the rock tunes on this album are mm-hmm. just very accessible and and mm-hmm. you know i mean anybody anybody who's, who's who's a rocker will love them but mm-hmm. then all of a sudden they hear this other stuff yeah there's a little twist and turns and you know yeah. it's like you you look at you know uh, you know some of the my heroes like say jeff beck who was right. known as being like a you know a, a, the british blues rock guy yeah. you know back in the late 60s and then yeah. all of a sudden he hears uh, Inner Mounting Flame and, you know, Mahavishnu right. Orchestra, and all right. of a sudden, holy yeah. cow, Jan Hammer, what the fuck is this guy playing? And, right. you know, and then he puts a yeah. band together with him, and he just, it's, he created this yeah. whole new avenue. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. and for me and all my friends from New York, we, I mean, as much as we were listening to Hendrix, we were listening to Clapton mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Beck, we were listening to all the jazz cats. Right. You know, and right. John Abercrombie and Larry Coryell. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. the whole lot. guys, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I saw Miles Electric Band um, at, the, at the Fillmore East. Oh, wow. Second <laughs> Avenue and 6th Street, man. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, I saw Miles at, in Central Park. Ooh. This had to have been around 1969, maybe. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he had um, Jack DeJeanette, Dave Holland. Yes. Uh, Chick. <laughs> Was playing in the band. Chick. Was Herbie? Uh, um, no, it wasn't Herbie. It was Chick. That's Chick. Well, you sometimes know? they were both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and uh, um, uh, Ayerto. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, it was, it was incredible. Oh, and man. You know who was the opening act? Lee Michaels. Oh, Lee Michaels. Really? Was Frosty. Do you know drummer. what I mean? <laughs> I love that song. Oh man. I mean, it was like a it was Frosty and his B three with like I don't know how many Leslie cabinets this guy had. It was like a wall of Leslies. And it was killing me. Miles came out, man. It was so like, oh man, it was so, it was so experiential. It yeah. was. He'd yeah. come out. He, the band would just like you know vibe and jam. He'd walk out from stage, right? Oh yeah. You know, walk up to the. You know, it's like. And he'd walk off, and the cats would just kept swinging and right. doing their thing. And then he'd walk out when the music hit him. It's like, oh shit, this cat is so cool. You know, I had a, a similar experience at Central Park uh, when I saw Bob Marley. Oh wow! Never saw Marley live. I saw him at Central Park. Wow. Yeah, that was something. I saw a slime of Family Stone in Central Park oh. in 1969. Well, you right lived at, there. I lived there. <laughs> One of the top five concerts I've ever been to in my yeah, life, yeah. without a doubt. Holy, Slim Harpo opened up the show. Slim Harpo! Yes. I When I was a kid, when I was a young teenager, I wore out Raining in My Heart. Wow. I wore that, t- that, that tune out. I should, you know, I, I, I do, I was just, this just popped into my head, so I've got to mm-hmm. say, I do these segments on, on my radio show where I, I'll do a label, and I have not done Excello yet, and that was, that was the, the label that Slim was on. Wow. So Slim Harper comes out and does his thing, you know, and that was cool, it's like, man, man yeah, yeah. it's like really authentic. Then all of a sudden, it's Sly comes out, and it's just like this, it was this, to me, uh, he's such an innovator. Yeah. Because his, his... His style of rock, which is really kind of like a Bay Area, it's kind of like an uptight kind of, right. uh, you know, the, the the drums are really kind of like the pocket, like you know, Gregorico's yeah. just like, I mean, it's just so inside and funky, it's right. just nasty. Right, right, right. And the first time you hear somebody slapping a bass, you know, Larry, Larry Graham. Graham. Larry Graham has never gotten his due. Never, never. 
incredible, yeah. incredible. He's concept. still around. Yes, he yeah. sure is. Yeah, yeah, I was talking to Liv Warfield. She, she, uh, 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 he was on a couple of Prince gigs because Prince knew. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's no way you, you know, <laughs> players have to know who Larry Graham is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was an incredible concert. Never saw Zappa there, you know, ah. right around the, you know, what was it, the, um, is that the Good Rats album with the Peaches and Regalia, I oh, believe, yeah. and stuff oh, like that, God, right yeah. around that time? Yeah. Oh, People incredible. still play that. You know, the quadraphones play that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. You know, he, um, uh, he lived up the street from me. No kidding. And, yeah, we were like, I mean, he was six, I was five, so I didn't really know him, but, okay. but he lived on the same block as me in Baltimore. Well, I know Dweezil a bit. <laughs> I haven't seen Dweezil in, in many, many years Yeah. since, uh, since I guess, the, the 80s, actually, when he was doing the VJ thing at MTV. Yeah. Nice kid, killer player, and, yeah. he's, and he's, you know, continuing the legacy with, uh, with the Zappa. The I Zappa. remember I was in their kitchen one time. I was doing, uh, I, was doing uh, I came out to LA to do some interviews, and... Um, He's sitting at his kitchen table going, you know, this was right around the time where Valley Girl hit. Okay. And Zappa goes, you know, within six months, every teenage girl in America is going to be talking like that. And I'm thinking, oh, come on. And he was right. He was right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so you, do you have a favorite tune on this? Wow. It, 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 it goes in... in I understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm particularly fond of a smile, uh, "Fly uh-huh. for Me," uh, uh-huh. and uh, I wrote that for my mother. And uh, Did you? I, yeah, uh, my mom passed uh, a couple of years ago, April, mm-hmm. and uh, so I just was in overdub phase uh-huh. when she passed on the first. Because I, I I cut a bunch of tracks in Portland, uh-huh. then I went uh, to Los Angeles to cut a few more tracks down there, and. Um, in between that, my mom passed, and I just kind of like, I, I just had to put everything on low simmer. Yeah. You know, I yeah. just, uh, and uh, just, I, I didn't, I didn't address the, the recording at all. I just had, mm-hmm. I just had, just had to stop when really mm-hmm. kind of process the loss. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, she lived a great life. 97 years is, is, a, is a great run. But man, when mom passes, and that's, that's some, as Woody Allen said, a heavy seven. you know, 97. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. So, uh, so yeah. I took I took some time off from the recording, and uh, just and and then once, um, 2017 kicked in, I just jumped in with a vengeance, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. we just started, you know, arc welding. You know, I put the freaking shades down, yes. and just like got the acetylene <laughs> torch, man, it's like, you know, and proceeded to you know to yeah. to 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 do it, and then I cut some tracks. So basically, personnel on the record, we have. Um, uh, Carmen Rojas uh, is uh-huh. playing uh, bass uh, uh-huh. on all the tracks but one. Um, there's a tune called Fornard, uh-huh. which is a tune I wrote for, for Bernard Edwards. It's a beautiful tune. Thank you. Thank you. That That's is a, a beautiful, beautiful tune. Thank you. That's John yeah. Mazzocco on Fretless Bass. Is that right? The, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, got, what, get, what, what guitar are you playing on, on that? Oh, I'm playing, stra- uh, I'm playing um, a Stratocaster. Uh-huh. Yeah, playing uh-huh. a Strat on there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And um, just really wanted to go for really glistening tones and yes. really, you know, really... Uh, Bernard was was like a mentor uh, to me and, and a dear friend, mm-hmm. and I've had that tune running through my head for, you know, twenty years, give or take. Wow, you know, and he's it's been a while since he passed. It's got to be twenty two years or so, you know, since he passed, and um, 
And I've had that thing floating around. Says, Man, I'm, that's the last track I caught on the record, too. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and then as far uh, as keyboards, Ramsey Ambic is playing on. Uh, Ramsey. Yes. Yeah, nice. Ramsey's on there. Nice. And then we have an old buddy of mine. What my a strange friend. gentleman. Yeah. I like Ramsey a lot. <laughs> oh, I love him. But he has a unique personality. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. And uh, Philippe Sace, um, uh-huh. uh, keyboardist uh, that I've known for many years since New York. And yeah. brilliant uh, keyboardist, you know. And uh, so he's playing on some tracks. And then we have, um, let's see, Charlie Drayton, a uh, mm-hmm. brilliant drummer, mm-hmm. uh, played with the expensive winos and B-52s ah, and yeah. Ninja Vinyls yeah, and yeah. just wow. a real, it's a prodigy. I yeah. mean, uh, Charlie was killing it in New York when he was 16, Ooh. you know, and uh, <laughs> just a brilliant, brilliant musician, you know, and um, let's see who else is on there. What were you playing um, when you were 16? What was I doing? What, what were you playing when you were 16? <laughs> Let's see. I was playing. I was playing professionally when I was sixteen. I, I was, mean, like what? I was playing. Uh, I was playing in a in a oldies band. Really? Yes. <laughs> playing tunes from the fifties. Seriously? Yeah, man. At a club called Harlow's in the oh. Upper East Side of New York, <laughs> and uh, doing six sets a night, either at the Peppermint Lounge or Harlow's. <laughs> and, like what kind of tunes? Oh man, just uh, you know tunes by the Dovells and. Uh, Joey the Bristol the, Stomp? Yeah, you played the Bristol on the, Stomp. You played the Bristol Stomp? Is that true? <laughs> well, <laughs> and, you know, and you admit it. <laughs> yes. I was, I was an embryo. <laughs> okay, so let's get back okay, to the people okay. on the album. <laughs> oh, yeah, so um, uh, let's see. So we have Jose Rossi on percussion. Uh-huh. And uh, let's see, I think, and Patrick Lamb. And I think that rounds out the whole, right. that ha- nice. rounds out the whole nice. personnel. Yeah. yeah so it Mazzot- sounds much fuller. Oh. It's, it really sounds full. Thank you. I just really wanted to get great sounds. I took my time with getting sounds. I mean, I just wasn't, you know, I just really didn't want to compromise. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such a different world, though. I'm, I'm used to tape, you know what I mean? It, 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 the oh, digital, the yeah. digital scene yeah. is so different, uh, the process. I mean, it offers so many advantages, you know, but uh, I just, uh, I miss slamming tape, you know, analog tape. You know? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> I miss the whole process of it, you know. And um, so, yeah, that's, uh, you know, we're still all done here. We used several different studios here, Ice Cream Party, mm-hmm. uh, mostly uh, hollowed, ho- hollowed mm-hmm. halls. In L.A.? Uh, no, here. In here, okay. Yeah, yeah. at least four different studios. Um, wow. Let's see, um, hollowed halls, uh, Ice Cream Party, which mm-hmm. is a studio that belongs to uh, Modest Mouse, you know? Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, they were kind enough to let me uh, do some recording in there. And, kind uh, enough. They probably yeah. haven't really thrilled to have you in there. <laughs> well, I didn't meet the cats. You know, I didn't meet <laughs> yeah. them, but that was very nice of them because yeah. now I, they're pretty much keeping that studio exclusively for themselves. So there's uh-huh. a little period where they're yeah. letting some other people come in. Then there's a Type Foundry, I mm-hmm. believe, I used. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, oh, one called Jackpot. Those are the four Jackpot, different studios yeah. here. Did you have the same engineer or did you, did you have yeah, engineer? Yeah, um, I used... Uh, um, uh, let's see, I used Brandon Eggleston, uh-huh. uh, who's a local... Uh, uh, engineer here mm-hmm. and um, and uh, um, oh, you know some other things he's done. Josh that Phelps, be familiar um, with? Uh, Justin Phelps is the other. Uh, okay. Um, oh man, he's he he does he. I think he mixes uh, front of house for for the Warhols too. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. He works with them Good and uh, yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, and and does a lot of assorted other bands and yeah, stuff. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, uh, all over all over this country. Yeah, you yeah. know, so really good kid and Justin Phelps uh-huh. and. Um, uh, let's see. And we tracked at Falcon. That's the other studio. Oh, that, yeah. 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 And uh, Dennis, um, oh, I forget his last, Dennis, uh, I forget the name, the name the eludes owner? me. 
Pardon? The owner? Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. Been, well, he's, there's a lot of stuff that's come out of that studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we cut the tracks there, and then we did all the other stuff at, at the other studios that I mentioned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two things, I'll never forget uh, Sitting in Falcon. One was um, watching... Dennis the, Carter. Dennis Carter, yes. right. One was watching the Rob Shep's big band. Okay. With uh, 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 oh, uh, Bill Evans' bass player, uh, ba, 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 I can't remember his name. Okay. I can't remember anything. <laughs> but the other was um, uh, Janice Scroggins and uh, Linda Hornbuckle. Oh, wow. That came yeah. out of that studio. Yeah. Oh. Terry Robb produced that album. Wow, that's I so cool. I still play that on the radio. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. I may miss those. Yeah. I play, I play Linda's, people. I play Linda's, um, one of her funk albums a lot. Uh-huh. You know? I remember when I first moved here, I was here like maybe less than two years, and mm-hmm. um, I bumped into, I, 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 met, I was doing some shopping at Washington Square, Yeah. and I was talking to this cat, he turns out he played drums, he says, well, you know, and I says, oh, I play guitar, he says, well, I'm, I'm playing at the, the Gemini with, uh, with Norman Sylvester, you know, <laughs> why don't you come down and hang on Saturday night, and so it was Norman Sylvester and, and Linda Hornbuckle on the, on the bill, so I got to Did see Did they know them. who you were? Well, I, no, I, not really, <laughs> not really. Uh, you know, uh, Norm, Norman was really so kind. He says, man, uh, wh- why don't you come down and uh, have, I remember Billy Reed's over there on sure. MLK back, yeah, back yeah, around yeah. 2002, yeah. 2003. Uh-huh. Yeah. He says, I have a Thursday night jam. Why don't you come down? So <laughs> yeah, I've got an amp to bring you guitar. So I did. And he, Norman loved the way that I played and stuff. Cool, and duh. So, <laughs> so the next time we jam, he says, you know, I did some research on you. <laughs> I was just, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not into broadcasting, you know. I just, I just love to play. You know, <laughs> some cats are so good at that. They're so good at self marketing yeah. themselves, and I, I, yeah. I applaud them for that. You know, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not too much about this. You know what I mean? Right, I, right, you know, right, right. You know, well, it's just you know. the way I was brought up, man. Just, it's hard these days, anyway. It is. It is. You know, I mean, because. Yeah, <laughs> The music business is just a shadow. I mean, it's yeah. just, you know, in so yeah. many ways. So you've got to do whatever you can yeah. to, to get your shit heard and, you mm-hmm. know, and, and uh, you know, just say, I've got something to say, you know, and, uh, you know, if you want to hear it, this is where you can hear it. Mm-hmm. You know. So tell me what your wife said when she heard the title tune. Oh, she loved it. <laughs> you know, she, 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 she loved it. She really did. Because I, I said, you know what? Why don't we just, you know, I, I, I recorded his vocal, yeah. uh, Sarah's dad's, Kwaku's uh, um, uh, vocal, mm-hmm. uh, on, on an iPhone. Really? In the kitchen at, at home. Wow. And it translated so well, we flew it onto, the, and that's the, that's the advent of digital that's so incredible. Right. You know, you can just right. take that and just like fly yeah. it, you yeah. know, and uh, so uh, I'm so thrilled with the way it came out because it's really emblematic of how I feel about her. Yeah. And it's, that's, that's a great tone. That's great. You know? That's really good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, you don't have a gig booked yet? No, you know, we're planning, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, a, a release party. And yeah. uh, maybe we'll do yeah. like an abbreviated set or something like that, you uh-huh. know, and I got to whip the guys into shape. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't played, uh, oh my gosh, uh, last time we played was um, December of, uh, was it December of 16? Really? Yeah, it's been well wow. over a year. Wow. You know, so. How do you think these things are going to translate live? Well, I'm going to make them work. I think they're well, going to translate I you, I really well. I think it's going to translate really well because, yeah. you know, what I've been doing, you know, historically in terms of when I put my band together, there were a couple here, there, original tunes that I, and this is really mm-hmm. my pivot. Yeah. It's a real pivot because it's, you know, now I have so much more to choose from in terms of a selection of tunes and really want, want to... Um, Make a pivot 
with something as, as equally as intense in terms of what I was doing, you know, previously, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but with some of my own stuff and, and yeah. kind of like a journey. I always liked it. The, the reason that I was choosing the songs that I was covering was because what they meant to me, their significance to me and my yeah. Yeah. arc as a guitarist. Mm-hmm. And now these are tunes that are going to show a, a, a different side. And uh, why they're significant to me, and, and yeah. uh, well, people are going to expect to hear the album. Also, oh, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to play Rogue Chimps. That's going to be fun, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, the story about that is so. I mean, I what is the story about the Rogue story Chimps? about this? Is like I'm watching this Animal Planet show. This is years ago. <laughs> I mean, so the, the title is 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 this literal kind of connection, and it's about these these chimpanzees that turned on their owners, and, and it's like, and they just did these. Freaking horrible things to them, man! It's like tearing their faces off and biting their fingers off. It's like, oh my God! I says, "Holy shit!" I mean, it's like, <laughs> fuck that bedtime for Bonzo. Yeah, shit. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I never looked at a chimp in the same way, man. It's like right. cancel, you yeah. know, <laughs> cancel the order, you know, just put a. Put a well, they throw shit at you. Yeah, I've heard. You know? <laughs> I've heard. But their strength is just unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. so, I mean, I, and, the, and the tune shows, I mean, it, it's kind of slinky. It opens up kind of like in a yeah. real kind of ethereal way. And, yeah. and then it goes to this kind of linear kind of line that kind of like modulates in a real kind of peculiar way. And, uh-huh. it's, and, it's, and it's disturbed. And I like that. You know, so how many guitars are on this record? Um, did you ever, did you count did you count them? The guitars I used I used um, Stratocasters, uh-huh. uh, Les Pauls, yeah, um, and I used uh, Telecaster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, basic food groups with guitars. Yeah, you know. Then I used a, a company called Ronin. They make uh, beautiful guitars, and I'm uh-huh. and a couple of guitars built by um, John Sir, uh-huh. um, uh, Jack Briggs. Yeah. Saul Cole and Bill Chapin, three of those guys. I mean, Saul Cole, Bill Chapin, they're, yeah. they're local. Yeah, I know. They're local, yeah. they're local builders. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, incredible human beings and just master luthiers. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, and John Sir, I know from 40 years ago, 35 years so ago in New York. So what would make you choose one strat over another? Well, the sound. Yeah. The sound, you know, no two guitars are like even Stratocasters. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're kind of like in the same ballpark. Yeah. But there's some that just kind of like resonate differently. I use a 65 Stratocaster a, a lot mm-hmm. on the record, you know, and some of Jack Briggs's guitars as well. I think mm-hmm. I mentioned him. He's a builder out of North Carolina, mm-hmm. another master builder, yeah. you know. And uh, so these are guitars that I've accumulated over the last, you know, uh, 10 years or so. I know you know what they sound like, but you have to try them out. You okay. have to try them out on each tune? Oh, yeah, there's certain... Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. just like, okay, what color am I going to use? Right. You know, right. and uh, yeah. let me see if yeah. this pairs up well. And, you know, the, it, you know, depending on the intensity or the density of a song, mm-hmm. you may want something to sing and cut in a different way. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and, and the voice of the instrument is really, you know, uh, paramount at yeah. that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But Strats and, you know, Gibson-style guitars and, and mm-hmm. the, the other guitars I mentioned, which all fall into that category. You know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but they're a bit, uh, they're a little, they fall into the basic style of a Gibson or a Fender, but they're custom made instruments and they have slightly different voicings and they're made out of different uh-huh. types of wood. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. some made out of Karina, some alder, some uh-huh. mahogany, maple, you know, and all those things kind of contribute to, to the sound. Yeah. So when you're on a gig, do people still ask you for some of your famous licks? Do they ask a, for some of your famous, famous licks? licks? Um, 
<laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's, uh, you, know I, you know, it's really funny. The only time I, I did a, a real cover of something, a big hit that I played, uh, yeah. was I did a cover of Simply Irresistible at yes. Jimmy Max, yeah. and I had Curtis Salgado sing it. Ah! <laughs> That's great. I just, I, I just loved it. That's because perfect. It's perfect because, yeah. you know, it was really different for him. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I think it, it took him a little bit out of his comfort zone, uh-huh. which, which was, is good. Which is really good. It's really good, yeah. You know, and I'm sure he enjoyed that too. He did. Yeah. He did. It was so much fun. Yeah. You know, and um, <laughs> and and it was great. It was great. Well, man, he could sing, and he guy could sing the phone book for crying yeah. out loud. You yeah. Know, so yeah. good, man. You know. <laughs> Well, I still maintain that he does a better, uh, a better version of, of what you're going to do than, than um, um, uh, Bobby Womack. Uh, people, man, let me tell people you, say I'm, I'm out of my mind when I say that, <laughs> but I still believe that. Matter of fact, I, I played, I, I played the Bobby Womack version on my on my my uh, DJ gig, the Joe Bar gig last mm-hmm. week, and I just like, well, I. I still believe that. <laughs> Stick to what you believe in, man. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, he's he's an authentic cat. Yeah, he's, he's really authentic, and yeah. he's such a, a great purveyor of the blues. And yeah, yeah. you know, it's just yeah, he's, he's really fun. He's yeah. really fun to just to, just to talk to. Oh, he's a riot. He's really fun. Yeah, uh, we had a we had a great uh, conversation one time about uh, how come my dog don't bark when you come around, <laughs> and there's, there's there's several versions of that, right? And he, he swore oh, one wasn't one, and I swore one was one, and it was great. Oh, and man, it kind of reminds me of that tune on my record called Milkman. Oh, you yeah. Know? <laughs> yes, yes. What's that about? <laughs> well, I mean, that's really, I mean, that harkens back to kind of like our generation, you yeah. know, like a milkman, you yeah, know, yeah, making yeah, the rounds yeah. not only to deliver milk, man, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> to get a taste here and there. You know what I mean? So uh, he's an early morning rise. He's got so much work to do. <laughs> He's early morning rise and his eyes are stuck on you. <laughs> you know, um, that's good. <laughs> suit press, can you get a mention? You know, it's, it's okay. it's, oh, it's hilarious. You know, that, and you know, that's something I think our gener- generation, I mean, I, I don't think millennials know what the hell a milkman is. You know, no. I mean, it's like so, no. No. you know, so no. something for the older peeps. Well, I suppose, except that they just don't call it that now, because now, now people deliver. Well, yeah. Oh, but yeah. The, my God. Yeah. yeah Whole foods but the, but and you know, it's they like you know, they just don't call it that. Yeah, it's another you thing. Know. It's and you didn't leave the bottle up. At, Nutrition bottle. delivery. You didn't leave the bottle in the in, in, in the box for him to pick up the next day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nutrition delivery systems. <laughs> Organic nutrition delivery <laughs> systems. There we go. Yeah. I'm so old. My grandmother had coal delivered. <laughs> Heard that? She was she was an old lady still down a down the basement shoveling coal. Man, to heat to heat her house. <laughs> At least she had a house. <laughs> actually, you know, I remember, I remember living in. Uh, actually, we lived in a, in a five story walk up in the South Bronx, uh-huh. and I remember them delivering coal. Yeah, you know, and yeah, I remember yeah. prior to that apartment, that apartment was a, an upgrade from where we lived previously. Yeah, I lived on 163rd Street uh-huh. between Sheridan and Sherman Avenues, uh, uh-huh. east, a couple of blocks east of the concourse. Uh-huh. And man, this 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 building, man, this building was. This was like a tinderbox, man. It oh, was, man. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just a, a wooden shack. I mean, the wrong match in the wrong place. This thing would have just lit oh, up. Oh, man. You yeah. know, and it was so old that in the kitchen you could see the, there was like a, a round hole in the wall that was kind of covered up with, you know, with something. But that was where, like, the coal stoves would have their oh, exhaust. Right. 
right, you know? Right, right, And, oh, man. Was that, they call the uh, railroad departments. Yeah. Because it was oh, yeah, just yeah. one long hallway right, and stuff right, like right, that. Right, 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 yeah. yeah. that was deep, man. Yeah, yeah. It's you probably know? a hipster bar now, right? It's gone. The building <laughs> oh, yeah. doesn't even exist. None of the buildings <laughs> exist. Actually, the building we moved to, um, they used a, um, if, a Fort Apache, the Bronx, the movie with oh, Paul yeah. Newman. Oh. There's a chase scene at the end. Uh-huh. That's my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's how I feel about The Wire. Uh-huh. You know? Yes. That show. Because yeah. that's... You know, when I was scuffling in the 90s, driving mm-hmm. a cab, mm-hmm. thinking my life was over, well, I picked up, that, you know, I, I, that, that's where I, I had to go. Mm-hmm. I had to, you know, that, you know all, all those places. I had to drive, you know, because I, I, I didn't refuse anybody to get in a cab. Right, right. You know? Um, and uh, so I would, I would look at that, and my hair would stand, stand up in the back of my head when I, because mm-hmm. I was, you know, that was on after I moved here. Uh-huh. And still, I mean, all those places, all those places where I could have been killed, you know. Oh, easily. Man. Yes. Easily. I, mean, I, I, got, I think about, you know, walking yeah. home in the South oh, yeah. Bronx yeah. from a gig at like, you know, 2.30 in the morning yes. and stuff like that. Yes. I'm like 16, right. 17 years old. Right. And I'm, I'm walking with, with my guitar. Oh, man. And I'm wearing bell-bottom pants and a freaking <laughs> fedora, you know, like a, like, a, like a Zorro hat and shit and a vest. <laughs> And a, a, a thing around my neck that had a wooden thing, like a wooden fuck you kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, a, and a fro. It's like, holy yeah. shit. Well, maybe you like, looked dangerous. Well, maybe so, man. Well, you know, the thing is, you know, if you remember back then, and, and not, I haven't done this since I lived here, since mm-hmm. I moved here. But it, for, for a guy, you had to walk a certain way that showed you were not, not afraid. Yeah, and then uh, you had some you, you you could be tough even yes, if you weren't. Yes. Oh, you just had to show it. You had to walk, you know, get your get your Man, you know, hands in the fist walking down the street. Oh, you know, you had I, to. I remember, you know, um, uh, years ago taking my nephew uh, to Fordham Road in the Bronx. Uh-huh. You know, and telling him, I says, you know, there's a way to walk in the street. Oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. And the way to walk is you have to see everything. But yeah. you have to look as if you're not seeing anything. Correct. And you have to walk in a, in a manner oh, yes. that um, you know where you're going. Yeah. And, uh, you know, don't fuck with me. Right. You right. know, and yeah. there's a way yeah. to, to right. you know, to, to do that within your body language and everything. Yeah. It's something that you learn from, from growing up in, in really, really right. bad neighborhoods. Yeah. Which, I, I, you, you know. To. You have to you have to uh, be on the lookout for the criminals and the cops. Yes, exactly. At the same time. Exactly. Yes. So true. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Portland, for <laughs> at least not being that. Right. Exactly. You know, as far as I'm concerned, anyway, yes. it's, it's not that way for everybody. Well, it's, but. it's a it's you know this this you know. First time I saw what was considered the hood here, I says, man, this is like Beverly Hills, man. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Coming from Baltimore, like, are you kidding uh, me? Oh, my God. I hear These you. People Baltimore live in houses. Exactly. They have their own houses. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, try living in an apartment, you know, you know, on the, on the top floor, you know, in, in the summertime. I mean, uh-huh. we froze in the winter because the windows were usually broken and, yeah. and uh, the, the wood, the wood panels and the framework and stuff was kind of decrepit. You'd have to put like right. cardboard in there and put some socks in there, to, Man. you know, so the hawk wouldn't get you. And uh, uh. and the you know and the, the the heat was you know the, the boiler was always breaking down. You know, yeah. so mom yeah. had to get the oven working and stuff. Just to, oh, so man, I, you know, you know what? It's kind of it, I don't regret it. I don't. You know, it kind of it kind of really you've. You're grounded because you really understand. You really know what it feels like right. to, to have nothing. But yeah. we did have plenty of love. Right. 
in yeah. abundance and yeah. in spades and yeah. parents that instilled for you to dream and go for your dreams I yeah. mean I, yeah. you know, my brothers are an extremely successful automobile dealer you yeah. know yeah I mean and and I have brothers that have owned you know uh, you know nightclubs in mm-hmm. New York and everybody mm-hmm. pursued their dreams I've my late brother was raced formula cars. He Whoa. was a, he was a tennis pro. He just mm-hmm. chased his dreams, and all yeah. of us have that own yeah. in our own right. Yeah. We just pursue what we wanted to do, and we just, you know, and comport ourselves in a way that our parents would want us to comport ourselves. You know, lucky in that way you are. Oh, indeed. indeed. Yeah, yeah. Lucky. Well, listen. This is a terrific record. Thank this you is a so really much. Terrific record. Um, I'm gonna. I, I will be playing uh, Bippity Bop on my radio show yes. when I get the go ahead from yeah, you. Bippity Bop or yeah. Bop, Bips on the Way. I changed the title. Bips oh, on the Way. Okay, I'll have to, <laughs> to change that. Um, it's but, funny. Uh, the, the reason for that song is, is my, I have a, a dog. Uh-huh. Her name is Grace, uh-huh. and she's got. She, she has this kind of. <laughs> and so I say to Sarah in the morning, Bips on the Way. <laughs> 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 Grace was walking down the hallway with her little, really cute little gate, you know. And so that's where that tune came about. And, and I just had this bop line. You know, and, uh, and everything else just came into place. Well, you know? you, you, you've made a great record, Eddie. Thank you so much, Tom. That uh, means so much. Uh, you know, I just hope it does things for you. You know what? You know, I, you know, I don't have... To worry about a record label. It's my own record label. Yeah. I don't have to deal with A and R people telling me, Oh, we think we should pair up with this person, do this and that. It's I don't give a rat's ass. Yeah. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, uh, it being kind of eclectic in terms of you know, the common denominator is me. Yeah. You know, it's my guitar, it's my touch. Right. You know, on it. And that's that links everything. So but thank you so that's much. Great. You know. Hey, thanks for coming in. It's oh, always great to see man, you. Man, thank you so All much, right. my friend. Yeah. 